If it's unpredictable weather and severe allergies you're after, then look no further than springtime in the bluegrass state. On today's episode, we dive into spring break in Kentucky. I tell Johnny all about my family's little staycation in Cave City, Kentucky, and why it's worth the drive. Dinosaur World, a wigwam village, Kentucky down under, and caves, of course. So if you're a family in Kentucky who is thinking about a little cave-themed adventure in the year 2022, you won't want to miss the beginning of this episode. By the way, I posted our trip itinerary and pictures and tips and tricks for Cave City to our Instagram page. We are Lexington Podcast on Instagram. Check out the highlight titled Cave City for all that. Then later in the episode, we're going to talk the Lexington Cemetery, which is a spot Kentuckians absolutely flock to this time of year for all the blooming trees and impeccable landscaping and irresistible social media photo ops. And while there is some sort of irony somewhere of newborn and prom photo shoots next to centuries old graves, you got to wonder if most visitors even know the remarkable people who are buried out there. Sure, there's all the usual suspects like Henry Clay and Adolph Rupp, but in this episode, we chat the unsung Hollywood heroes who made the Lexington Cemetery their final resting place. Caves and graves. What more could you want? Stay put, okay? Hi, we're the Lexington Podcast. We are all things Lexington, Kentucky. History, true crime, current events, and local recommendations. Glad you're here, y'all. How's that uh, cocktail? Delicious. You have to keep your ice clinking to a minimum, my friend. Mm, I'll see what I can do. Went on Not the actual episode. I know. You're, you like to make yours really strong. So, by the way, listeners, I created for Jonathan a cucumber margarita. But I don't know if we can call it a margarita because I am not especially fond of tequila, so I subbed vodka. Just as good. Yeah. If, if not better, honestly. If not better. I think it really lets the fresh lime juice sing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, I made mine a little bit. Uh, weaker because I kind of got frisky last night and I'm feeling it today. <laughs> last night was Tuesday. It was a Tuesday. I went to go see a friend of mine who recently moved to Kenwick, huh. the neighborhood Kenwick, kind of next to Bell Court, right off Main Street. Oh, that's like your cup of tea. It really is. Yeah, it's like these really cute bungalows, super historic. She lives in a bluegrass trust house, that BGT sign on the front, uh, which means, you know, historic. It's like historic, exactly. So I was like, what? Hmm. How do you live in a BGT? It's like. <laughs> Ask me how my spring break is going so How's far. it going, buddy? You, you, are you stoked to be out of school, first of all? I'm stoked that my kids are out of school. Oh, right on. Because I get to hang out with them. So, And you don't have kids, so you don't have this, like, once you have kids, there's a very designated week where they are off school together, and you must either find childcare or, in my case, plan a little one-off <laughs> staycation to Cave City, Kentucky. A little adventure. It was. It was a little adventure. I had planned it for at least two or three months. I just got a bug about, you know, during the pandemic, like not being able to go travel, not being able to go on these road trips and our little nuclear family. So there's me, there's Buns, my husband, which I'm sure listeners are probably like, is his name really Buns? It is legally. (laughs) 
<laughs> so the background story of that is that my husband is from Denmark, a tiny little country over off in Europe. We met when I was in Denmark to study abroad as an undergraduate student. I'm over there studying abroad. I meet him in a bar. He, during our courtship, really makes fun of the fact that he doesn't think I can actually pronounce his real name, which I think I pronounce perfectly. But he's like always like thought it was funny that like I just can't say it quite right. And I was like, well, fine. I'm just going to call you Buns because you have a cute butt. <laughs> and then it steamrolled from there. And everybody now wants to call him Buns as well. And he hates it. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> which I love even more. Oh, that makes it so much better. It's so much better. When you give your spouse a nickname that you can call them and then everybody else wants to as well because it's so funny. And then they're like, they have to like deal with it at parties. It's just the greatest. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Why Cape City? Okay, sorry. I got off. So me, Buns, and our two kids went off to Cave City because it's, Why? it is close. Okay. So I have, my kids are ages seven and four, and this is a two hour, two and a half hour drive. And I was like, that's perfect. Cause it's far enough away to feel like it was like away without it being like a crazy amount of, of time or whatever. So we load up on the road trip snacks. We hit the road on really early Saturday and we're going to go do like all of the funny kitschy stuff. Cause I'd always heard about cave city. I know that it's like on the way to Bowling Green from Lexington. And I knew that it was kind of a funny cave spot because obviously it has mammoth cave there. But then I also knew like it's trying to really up itself with all of this seemingly wanting to be Gatlinburg, Tennessee Pigeon type Forge stuff. Type yes. Thing. Like they had an Alpine coaster. They had putt putt. They had all these things that were a little run down seeming. And granted this was March and it was cold. So maybe the season hadn't opened. This is also post pandemic in a small town. That's probably was hit probably really hard because they've always been a part of tourism. But anyway, we get there, we go to dinosaur world. Mm. You actually would have loved dinosaur oh, world. Sounds like my cup of tea. Yes. Absolutely. So it's over 150 dinosaurs that are, you walk through a, a very light trail mm. kind of like, like off into some um, real wooded, dinosaurs. Wo- <laughs> some wooded um acreage and they are yeah no well that's the problem is that you have to convince your four-year-old if you bring one that they're not going to be real oh yeah so that was its own they were like no 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 yeah well he was just very much like and i was like no no look they don't move because they're all statues (laughs) but they're statues that are exactly the height and size that those dinosaurs would have been in real life so you can stand there and kind of be like that's people don't understand that's the draw of dinosaur world they're just like why would i go look at a bunch of statues i'm like no no you go look so you can put in perspective what it would have been like to stand next to a stegosaurus and a tyrannosaurus rex and a which one which one blew your mind the most don't say tt rex well, what's wild is they have you walk. So Dinosaur World is on the highway and like you go through this like fun kind of like, like I said, like, an, like it's a few acres of this like wooded trails. And then they're like, oh, you want to see the T-Rex? And you're like, well, hell Duh. yeah, hell yeah. And knowing that it would probably be towards the end. Well, they have him or her way the hell out next to the interstate. So you have to like, <laughs> you have to like walk out a little bit it's like you get out of the woods to take this other trail into this open land next to the interstate while these cars are like flying by because they're using the t-rex as the like come to dinosaur world of course they are yeah so it's right there on the interstate 
but you also are like, I'm going to try and get some pictures. Super windy. I couldn't appreciate him as huh. much as I had wanted to. Hearing the cars whiz by kind of takes your imagination out of the Jurassic period, too, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah. For a while there, I was really believing, you know? <laughs> do, felt- do they have little sounds and stuff? <laughs> Like in little boxes, uh, like underneath benches and stuff. Screeches. Yeah. No, that would have been cool. I kept thinking what a missed opportunity is that they don't have some sort of laser tag situation at night. Hell yeah. Paintball. Oh my God. You know what I mean? Uh, or like some some 3D, you know, night vision goggle situation. No, this is very like, you know, you can tell Dinosaur World's been there a while. It's a little <laughs> homespun. Yeah. They have sort of a two-bit museum where they actually have like velociraptor teeth and like little things that you can look at, you know, fossils and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. They have a nice playground area that the kid, that was their favorite part. And I was like, well, hell, I could have taken you to a free oh, no. park. Could have gone to park. <laughs> Instead of spending like uh, 60 bucks for all of us to go to Dinosaur $60? F- yeah, 15 for- a pop? At least, yeah. Yeah, and that was the cheapest moment of Cave City. Is there like a tour? Like some guy's like, here's no, the no. stone stegosaurus. No. Nope, it is all self-guided. Um, they give you a map and you walk through with the dinosaurs. And there's some photo ops, which I appreciated. Mm. By the way, I'm going to post all of this on Instagram. I'm going to post our whole itinerary because as a type A individual, I had a very set itinerary ahead of time. And then I'm going to uh, make sure that like all the pictures and of what I'm talking about is going to be posted as well. So if you wanted a visual representation, you're dying to know what Dinosaur World looked like. I got you. And Dinosaur World was in Cave City proper, right? Cave City proper, totally. Like you. like pretty much the first thing off the interstate for well, that. What happened after Dinosaur okay, World? Okay, so Dinosaur World. So then really, and this is stays between you and me, mm. um, <laughs> the entire... <Okay. laughs> <laughs> That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard, Goober. But really, as my voice lowers, (laughs) the whole reason why I planned the Cave City trip is because I wanted to stay in the Wigwam Village number two. (laughs) So have you heard of the Wigwam Village number two? No, it's like an original vacation kind of thing? Literal literal wigwams? Kind of. Mm. Um, So no, no. Wigwams are clay-domed structures. So let me tell you. The Wigwam Village number two is a super... Special. You keep saying the word number two, and I just don't understand. <laughs> it's wigwam poop. I don't get no. it. So this is a spot on like the VIP list of the National Register of Historic Places. Really? There is no such thing as a VIP, but I'm just saying it is. There's only three in existence in the United States. One's in California, one's in Arizona, and one's in Kentucky. No kidding. A guy way back in the day realized in the 1930s that like automobiles are becoming more affordable. Families are setting off on the open roads to go explore and travel. And that's when the motel, which, by the way, stands for Motor Hotel. I did not realize that until this trip. That's when the motel really came about. And And you had to really entice travelers to want to stay in your motel. So you made them as kooky and as kitschy and as funny looking as possible to attract them. So this guy, Frank, is obsessed with indigenous people, Native American culture, and loves what he calls wigwams, though he knows outrightly that what he's creating are teepees Mm. they are so in the answer to your question it is a motel made of giant concrete teepees in cave city 
And it's like a Kentucky bucket list item to stay in them. And it's insane that they still exist because they were built in the mid 1930s mm. as a way to entice people to like, no, no, stay here. They're built on a road in Cave City. It's the, it's a road that goes from Michigan to Florida. Whoa. Yes. Huh. So this was like a hotbed for these really cool looking little motels, the ones that are still in existence. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I think it's I-65 that runs right there. Uh, and that's what took travelers and a faster highway way to be able to travel more. And it kind of put a lot of these motels out of business. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure. So it was like they fell on hard. Thanks times. a lot, Eisenhower. Exactly. <laughs> Turd. Yes. And especially like that was mid century, right? 50s and 60s when people were really traveling in cars. So it's, it, they were just awesome. And it is a literal giant concrete teepee. It had two beds in it. It had a little tiny bathroom. Owners were nice as hell. They bought it in 2020. They like bid hard, uh, you know, against all these other bidders to get it. And then it, they inherited a bunch of issues because it's just old. It's like buying an old house. From the 30s, for Except God's you're sake. buying like 15 old teepees mm. that you have to fix up one at a time. They have like huge renovation idea. It was just like I loved it. They also don't have heat. So there's space heaters in each one. And it was a very cold night. Huh. So, you know, Buns, who was like, he's like a little princess. And it's just like, I'm freezing. And it really <laughs> it was like we had these great blankets and stuff and these space heaters. And it was fun. You have to think of it like um, glamping. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like kind of like this is going to be rusty. It's an experience. Yes. I would say the coolest part of it is they are the teepees themselves are situated in a semicircle hmm. and in the middle of that semicircle is this communal space where there is a there's a they put a bonfire on every night at once it gets dark you can go out there with like your other wigwam cohort exactly and chat weary travelers and they had like all these cool things for the kids to play on cornhole slides and it was just it's a neat experience that I think every Kentuckian should try Cannot recommend it enough. Sweet. It was really special and fun. Is this one number two because the first one was in California? No, the first thing, one, I, I actually don't know where number one was, but this one was the second one built. He franchised it, this Frank guy. Yeah. So this was the second one built that, and that they just continued to call it back. That's here. so much fun. Yeah, it was really neat. I want to, I, you know, I thought about you a lot because you would have appreciated it more than Buns. I'm sure I would have. And you would have been like, oh, this is fine. Whereas he was like, I'm so cold. Like I was like, all right, let's just chill. like get closer to the heater. Are there are there tasty restaurants or kitschy restaurants in Cave City? What is, that is that's a, so I we did not explore the entire or, city. or mom and pop restaurants there are at some, the very least. There are some right? mom and pops. That night we ate at a fantastic Mexican food restaurant actually, which was hopping. Like Cave City residents love. It's called like El Mazatlan. Huh. And it was like very awesome Tex-Mex and they get you in and they get you out. I call, I felt stupid because I called a few days before and I was like, yes, I'd like to make reservations. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. They were like, uh, no, we'll, Click. Just, we'll just get you in. Uh-huh. Like this is Cave City. Uh-huh. This is not reservation uh-huh. town, you know? And I was like, oh, okay, cool. There's a lot of like kitschy gift shops and stuff. Mm. They're really counting on you coming from the caves and yeah. like they're 
they're counting on you wanting to buy like gems and rocks and fool's gold. Exactly. Which y'all did go to the caves, I assume. Yes. We did not go to mammoth cave. And part of that is poor. I planned all this other stuff in advance and I was like, Oh, well it's a, it's a national park. We'll just show up. No, 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 no. You have to have mammoth cave reservations well in advance on Mm. the national parks website. And, and I was actually thinking like, that's fine. Cause I've got a seven and a four year old. And they're, they're not going to want to spend two hours in a cave. Mm. So instead, this, I'm finally getting to actually the best part of the whole trip, Kentucky Down Under. This is an Australian-themed park where they have animals from Australia in a zoo-like setting. So that part's a little sad because, you know, obviously, you know, it's animals in cages and that's its own version of kind of sad. Um, but the animals in the cages... <laughs> However, freaking awesome. Yeah. So we go in kangaroos and crocodiles. So I've fed kangaroos. What? And they are the craziest animals. Oh, really? Oh, like, uh, first of all, they're so much bigger than you think they're going to be. Like, they had babies, but like, your average kangaroo is like my height, like, fully standing up. And as you as you walk up to the enclosure, they you know I feel like every tour guide has the same. It's like hello and welcome. Uh, please make sure that you stand back. And once the kangaroos, so they said something to the extent of, once the kangaroos get a little agitated, we ask that you not go near their pen. They go to their pen to cool down. And I was like, huh. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> they get agit. They get mad and sad. They have like emotions where I might be inadvertently provoking a kangaroo <laughs> and then then as i'm walking in i have all of those like thoughts about you know the, that cartoon where the kangaroo like has boxing boxing gloves mm. on and they like fight each other and i was thinking like this is not good and so i, I but i'm like i'm still going in obviously so you go in and you're like feeding them and they're kind of they're not aggressive like they're sweet for the most part but they definitely want the food in your hand mm-hmm. and they're gonna get real in your space to get it and their feet their feet are like rabbit feet, except they're like skis. They're like three feet long. <laughs> and when they want to go somewhere, they hop really fat. They're just wild. And they have biceps, like strong looking arms. Huh. Yeah. I've seen some crazy videos of kangaroos like drowning dogs. What, like holding them under the I water? I kid you not. There's videos on the internet where like the kangaroo, when it feels threatened, will go into like a shallow ravine of water. And the thing that's like uh, alarming, it will approach it in the water. The kangaroo grabs it and, and, and drowns it. Like they're, they're not fools. Like they're, you know, they're known to be like marsupials are known to be dumber. Smart. No, dumber than the average bear. Um, they're, they're not known to be like super smart. That's, that's a fact. It truly is. But it seems like some of these videos, you're like, it's definitely got a purpose. Definitely had a plan. For you know, real. isn't that bizarre? That is bizarre. Drowns dogs. It's, a, it's like a, not a common thing, but it, it truly happens. Can, Wild. Kangaroos can be mean. Sounds like it. So feeding it out of the palm of your hand is yeah, or bizarre. Having them also be, and it was like dried looking dog food. Were the were the joeys super cute? Oh yeah, hell yeah. And one of them, and I also saw a wallaby, which is kind of akin to the kangaroo. And then they were like, oh, we have a dingo. And I was like, what the f*** is a dingo? It's a dog, isn't it? it is, so I didn't know that. Like it's like ugly dog? Dingo is my name I was like, <laughs> I'm going to go find whatever that is. If anybody out there reads David Sedaris, he has an entire like short story over how he was at some zoo in Australia and was like, I've got to find the dingo because he, did, he didn't know what it was. Huh. So he was like, I didn't know if it was going to be a bird. I didn't know if it was going <laughs> to be a, like a mammal, a <laughs> fish. Like, it could have been anything. And then he was like so disappointed. And I remember reading that. 
short story and being like, I don't remember the ending. So I don't know what a dingo is either. <laughs> like, I'm going to go and try and find it. Were you disappointed? Super disappointed. <laughs> Except for the fact, so it is like a dog. It's almost like a small wolf. But it was, I, what I noticed is it was the only animal in all of Kentucky down under that was behind an electric fence. Uh. So I'm thinking they, they know what they're doing. They're getting out. It's dangerous at some point. Probably yeah. snag a toddler or something. Yeah. Which is good that we made it out alive. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. You can rent absolutely. a golf cart at Kentucky Down Under and go to all their little exhibits, go down all these trails. So fun. And they have a cave. So that's when we oh. went into their cave. I smacked my head so hard on what I found out later is called a stalactite. Some geology Yeesh. geology stuff for you. <laughs> so Kentucky Down Under was the highlight. Totally. Feeding a kangaroo was the highlight for me. Really? Yeah, big time. It's it cool. Was... It's cool you can go just a you know a couple hours away and feed a kangaroo. Yeah, it is really cool. <laughs> I like that. I think it's a quick, fun, easy trip to do for anybody in the state of Kentucky. And all things considered, it's cheap. It's nothing compared to like Pigeon Forge. Yeah, or Disney, you know, like nothing. Oh, I'm sure. I'm it's, sure that's the case. It's unassuming. There's very few lines. It's not really crowded. No. It's great. It's a great we only stayed one night and that was perfect for us. It was like a great little staycation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad what, you what had have you been time. doing for spring break, brother? Just working. Enjoying this non-spring weather yeah for real it's been weird lately huh bs cold and windy cold cold again i'm just like enough i know it's bizarre you know that people have gone absolutely nuts over the lexington cemetery whatever for okay so the lexington cemetery is like its own little arboretum it has so many species of trees let me read this to you from their website that sucker is huge it is yeah yeah so it is Several, 870 acres. It's huge. Yeah. So this is straight from their website. Quote, the Lexington Cemetery is a private nonprofit organization established in 1849 as a public cemetery and a place of beauty to enjoy. Encompassing 170 acres, it is comprised of a national and public cemetery with over 74,000 internments. Interments. Graves. <laughs> That's what they should say. <laughs> it will accommodate... How, wait, I'm sorry. How many did you just, did you just say? 170 acres. No, no. Uh, graves. 74,000. Damn! But they also have a mausoleum. So, like, uh, they're stacking those babies. For real. I bet, that, I I bet that was a while ago. For sure. We actually went today because of all of the hype on social media. Huh. Because it's spring, and that's when all of these incredible, like, cherry blossoms and all of these, you know, uh, trees that are incredible are blooming. Yeah. And so people go there, flock there. And I was just going to go to like see it and maybe take a couple pictures of something that kind of like, you know, struck me. I was really going to see a specific grave, which I'll tell you about here in just a second. Mm. So I took the kids and they were kind of like asking me a lot of like death questions. And I was like, all right, let's Yikes. get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was so wild though. Like people were there taking pictures like in prom gear and like really teeny tiny infant babies being propped up next to these like weeping willows. What a weird juxtaposition yeah. that is, right? It really is an odd thing to drive around and be like, let's go, let's go to the beautiful cemetery, <laughs> <laughs> but it is undoubtedly gorgeous, objectively gorgeous. Oh. Like it's so beautiful. It's like they planned it really well. Everything blooms seemingly at the same time. It's just a feast for the eyes. You can't ever really see it as you're driving down Leestown or I guess Main Street. Yeah, no, you don't. You, you, you got to go in. But the, even the gates and the architecture of the buildings are beautiful. Yeah, 
It got that super old limestone fence mm-hmm. running running for at least a quarter mile. I yeah. want to be buried there. I'll be quiet. I do. You're going to be buried in West Texas like the rest of us. No, I'm not being buried in West Texas. Kill me now. No one's going vi- no to visit Where's me there. Where it's dusty and droll. No. You'll, you'll love it then. No. No one's visiting me there. Oh, so really, Lexington Cemetery, the reason why I was there. First of all, people are flocking to this cemetery and they're taking their prom photos and they're not realizing there are some major celebs that are buried at the Lexington Cemetery. Like who? Well, everybody knows, you know, the typical Henry Clay, which, by the way, who? holy mackerel, his... The skyscraper? Oh, my God. It's like, that guy loved that guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was, and, and everybody loved that guy, Yeah, too. I mean, it is so protruding and large. That's what she said. Adolph Rupp <laughs> is, of course, there. Famous basketball coach. Breckenridge is buried there, uh, which need probably not even need not mention because he was like, you know, the Confederate asshole, uh, but also a vice president of the United States. So blah, blah, blah. Fair enough. Uh, Milton K. Barlow, the inventor of the planetarium, was a Lexington <laughs> native. He's there. Neat. Uh-huh. Benjamin Winslow Dudley pioneered surgical procedures, including the removal of kidney stones. Wow. Yeah. The guy who figured out how to remove kidney stones is buried in the Lexington God bless Cemetery. that guy. I've saved the best for last. Uh, who is okay, it? Okay. I got two for you. Ralph Wellesley Foodie. Who? Who, you say? Have you ever seen a little show called... Excuse me. Who, you say? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen a little movie called uh, Home Alone? Oh, oh, I mean, I have, but... Okay. Uh, you know the guy that says, uh, it's like a movie within a movie, and he's like, keep the change, you filthy animal. Yeah. That guy is buried in the Lexington Cemetery. What? Yes. No yes. way. Uh-huh. Little Mo with the gimpy Mo- leg. <laughs> that one? Yes. <laughs> That's from Home Alone too. I personally How on God's green earth could you possibly know that? Because I went you know me, I went deep That's that's a deep, deep dive. I did a deep, deep dive of the Lexington Cemetery and I'm gonna full blown say it Wikipedia page. Okay, fair and enough. I, cl- I clicked on notable it's not residents because they don't live there. Notable Graves. Ba- What's wrong with I don't graves? know because it was <laughs> <laughs> and I was scrolling through and it was all it was like soldier, politician, soldier, basketball, meh, meh, horses, horses, horses. <laughs> and I was like, surely there's like somebody cool on this yeah, list. You uh-huh. know? And then it was like Ralph Wellesley Foodie, character actor. And I was like, who's that? Clicked on it and it was like most notably known for his movie within a movie of Home Alone. <laughs> oh, I love it. Who's the other one? Okay. Now I really saved the best for last. Jim Varney. No way. Yes. Ernest, uh, Ernest is buried in Lexington Cemetery. I knew you would be the most excited. I when I think of Ernest, I think of you. You loved those Ernest oh movies when we were a kid. Uh-huh. Ernest goes to camp. Ernest scared stupid. Uh-huh. Ernest goes to jail. <laughs> List goes on and on and on. Classic. Jim Varney. What were your what was your favorite? Uh, Ernest scared stupid yeah. every time. To this day I'm still slightly frightened of the trolls in that movie. Yeah. Yeah, they're freaky looking. Are, they're yeah. freaky, and it was before CGI got know. good. So it was, a it was like too, really good prosthetic yeah, animatronic, a little kind too of real, very scary. Yeah, very scary. Yeah, I always think about you, and I think about Jim Varney. No, Jim Jim Varney was a Lexington native, born and raised in Lexington, graduated from Lafayette High School. What? Yes, and kind of like got his acting chops by going to the pioneer playhouse which is in danville and i've been several times it's like the most beautiful outdoor theater in danville which is like mm. really historic so he would drive there and do acting stuff jim varney even though it's kind of like jim carrey who's like 
you would think is kind of an idiot and kind of a dunce because he plays those like crazy characters. He's like incredibly intelligent hmm. and was able to like memorize really long poems and really long stories as a kid. And then also watched a lot of cartoons. And so he was sort of able to like create these yeah. characters because he was really good at like memorizing stuff as well. So, yeah. You know, besides my love for Jim Varney's work in earnest as a kid, I learned later that he was a chain smoker and died, yeah. died of lung cancer exactly. at 50 years old. Yeah, exactly. Way too young. Sure did. I think around the year 2000. Uh -huh. His son came out with a book. I would love to read it. It's like the Inside Jim Varney or something. And then the subtitle is like, Even Stuff Vern Doesn't Know. Yeah, Vern. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to remember Vern. that in my head, yeah. Know what I mean, Vern? Know what I mean, Vern. <laughs> Baird and Lexington Cemetery. We should go. I would love to see. We should go. We'll, we'll be like with our noses up in as the air. As weird as that is, going past the Henry Clay Monument, and be like, we're looking for Jim Varney. Thanks, <laughs> Vern. Vern. You know what I mean, Vern? That's wild. All right, let's do our let's do our last little segment. Okay. Well, our last little segment is unless we're too unless we're too already far gone. No, no, this is perfect. Okay. I was just going to mention that the whole reason why I went to the Lexington Cemetery, besides to check out, you know, all the the beautiful blooms, is I was looking for a particular grave. Of a very famous Lexingtonian who you would not expect to be famous. He was a hero of the cholera epidemic. Huh. And his name was William Solomon. And everybody called him King Solomon. Huh. And we're going to cover the cholera epidemic because it is it was this blip of craziness that happened to Lexington in 1833. And I'm reading this fabulous book all about these unexpected heroes mm in the cholera epidemic and how they sort of rose doctors nurses to the occasion not at all not no. at all a former enslaved person the town drunk and a wife of a gentleman who could have just avoided everything but instead opened up an orphanage with her wow. money and prestige to be able to help out with what, all of this. what a story it's a, it's an incredible book it's called the pie seller the drunk and the lady <laughs> It's excellent. Huh. And I'm reading it and I want to tell you all about it next time because to compare the cholera epidemic to COVID-19 is a really interesting, you know, kind of comparison here. Especially, well, you know, cholera is a completely different animal and I had never looked up cholera. I had no idea what it was or what it meant. And now I'm just like, thank God I didn't have cholera. I take COVID-19 any time of day. Oh. It is Duh. awful. Yeah. So cholera is an incredibly awful and painful disease. And what's really crazy about it is unlike COVID-19, where it's like, if it affects you, generally, like, we have modern medicine, we have these ventilators, you can hang on for weeks, months, maybe. When you got cholera, you died on average within 24 hours from the time it entered your body. I'm not shitting you. Because <laughs> like, I looked, I was like, no way. And I looked it up huh. based on this particular book and then also like the cholera that we know of, of today. Sure. It is a very fast acting That's crazy. situation. That's yeah. wild. And really what happens is your entire bowels, your stomach, everything having to do with mm. your digestion is purging and purging and purging everything it can in these giant muscle spasms where your insides are basically coming out through your butthole oh and God. through and you're, th and you're vomiting as well. To the point where the consistency becomes like rice water that's used quite frequently. Rice water. What does that even mean? Like a very um, watery, milky looking substance that's basic, I'm sure, like bile and like whatever your insides look like when there's no insides left. So it was a really 
misunderstood disease forever. And this was 1833. And people didn't know how you caught it. And they were, as usual. It's in the water, right? You like catch unwashed it. hands, like if you yeah, poop, no. poop near a water source, and the so next person might get it. This is and... where Town Branch comes back oh, no. into play. Remember how everybody was putting all of their human waste into Town Branch, That'll and yet it. still somehow using it as their water uh. source to drink? That's how this became such a crazy issue. And if you didn't hear our Town Branch episode that was earlier this season, episode two, I believe, yeah. Um, which was all about how like downtown Lexington was town branch, which was a bunch of little um, canals and rivers that connected all the way up to the Kentucky river at one point. Anyway, cholera. I'm looking forward to hearing about it. Cause it wiped out a giant chunk of Lexington's population. They could not keep up with their dead. People were running wild. Of course, what they were giving them was a medicine that was basically mercury. So the, how you die <laughs> Yeah. That's not good. How you die from cholera is extreme dehydration. Mm. And they were, they didn't know that. They knew that people were like shriveling up like prunes when they got it, but they still couldn't put two and two together. So they're giving them this medicine that's mercury based that basically quickens dehydration to try and get rid of whatever's in you. And it just exacerbated everything. So it was just like... Everything bad that could happen was, it was like, well, here, if you want to drink some water, here's some town branch water. Oh, no. Oh, you don't want the water? Here's some medicine that's going to only make this worse. Like, everything about it was awful. As you are researching this for next week, would you please do me the favor and look up the differences between cholera and dysentery? Yeah. And their effect in that time period on Lexington? Sure. Because I'm sure there's plenty of dysentery going around How about you look that up? No. That is... I do the movie recommendations, silly. Do you have one for this week? Love you, sis. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. The Lexington Podcast is produced by Erica Freeze and Jonathan O'Hare in association with Freeze Media. All original music by Jonathan O'Hare. Email us anytime at lexingtonpodcast at gmail.com or catch us on Instagram or Lexington Podcast on there as well. As always, if you enjoyed this show, we'd sure appreciate a kind rating or review on whatever podcast platform you're on. Or even better, if you'd like to recommend us to a family member or a friend who loves Kentucky like we do, we would be forever grateful. It's the greatest best way for us to grow as a podcast. Thanks to our sources this week, which include findagrave.com, Lexington Cemetery, which is lexsim.org, and good old Wikipedia.